He's Howard Eibach, former copywriter and creative director and the author of two books on the creative brief. And he's Henry Gomez, an ad agency strategist with over 27 years of experience. Together, Henry and I are the Brief Brothers. We love talking about creative briefs, briefing, and advertising. We're back with another episode, Henry. Today, we're going to change direction just a little bit. We've been reviewing creative briefs the last few episodes. Today, we're going to go back and find some ads that we really like. And instead of reviewing them, we're going to do a reverse reverse engineering exercise and see if we can figure out the brief, which I think is a great teaching tool that all of us should do to hone our creative brief writing skills. So we did a little digging. We found some classic and some not so classic ads, and we're going to try to do, we'll pick out a few of these as we go. But we found one that we really liked. It's on a website called um, Empire. And this one breaks down by category. This is for band aid. It's called theempire.com. And they break it down by, by, by product category. This one is for, um, uh, what is it called here? It's, I forget what it is. It's, oh, here it is. Hy- cosmetic and hygiene print ads. This is the first one. And we have what I guess, and I think we both agree, is a very familiar image. But we noticed that it's not identified, not directly. So we all know that we can, we, you know, we know that this is the Hulk and we know what happens to the Hulk when the, when the character of the Hulk, Mr. Bruce Banner gets pissed off or someone hurts him. He metamorphizes him into the Hulk. Yeah. The, the guy clearly needs, you know, anger management training, but that would basically kill the plot line of the whole show. So that's never going to happen. So what is what what is clever about this ad, of course, is this is the after he's been pissed off, and look what happens, or rather, what didn't happen, to the band aid. So what we're going to do today is answer five questions. We're going to try to figure out the brief, and and we'll write a draft for the brief too, which we'll post along with this episode. We're going to answer these five questions: Why are they advertising? Or you know, what's the problem that they're trying to solve? Who are they talking to? And then we're going to do our classic shift. What do people think now before they would see this communication? And once they've seen this communication, what would we like them to think? And then the fifth question is, what's the single-minded proposition? So you want to take a stab at this, Henry? You want to get started? What What do you think? We don't have to do these questions in any particular order. We can just do what kind of comes to our, our thinking. Where would you like to start on this one? So first of all, before we get into the brief, I think I want to comment a little bit on the end ad okay. and what to make sure that you're seeing what I'm seeing. And I think it's a brilliant ad, right? So we agree. It, 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 first of all, it does require some work for you to figure out like what's going on in the ad, right? And then what you see is this Hulk hand and you wonder, well, why does he have a Band-Aid on? And then you see... At, at the bottom is the Band-Aid box that says flexible fabric. And then you realize, oh, and just like the caption here in the website says, he had this Band-Aid on before he turned into the Hulk. And if you're familiar with the Hulk, which this ad is banking on you being familiar with the Hulk, you know that when he turns into the he bursts out of his shirt, out of his pants, like, guys... Bruce Banner's got to have a new wardrobe every week because he's bursting out of clothes. But the Band-Aid stretches because it's made of a flexible fabric. 
So it's very clever. And to your point, there's no Hulk intellectual property really used here. It's a green, muscular, like bodybuilder's hand. But it doesn't say Incredible Hulk anywhere. These aren't Hulk Band-Aids, branded Band-Aids. So conceivably, they paid $0 for usage of this implied character endorsement because they never show his face. They never. It's just this muscular hand with, with a Band-Aid happens to be green. So I think it it's a brilliant ad. It does require a little bit of work, but it's one of those that when you get it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's really, really clever. And I think that's the kind of advertising that most people don't resent and don't hate. You and I were talking off the air before about like not wanting to see advertising and and uh, how you avoid it now. Um, <laughs> right. And But when you see clever advertising, it doesn't bother you. It's actually part of the entertainment, whatever it is in this case, a, a magazine that you're you're flipping through. Well, so the sad I, the sad truth is, though, Henry, how often do we see really brilliant stuff like this? Well, it's pretty it's pretty rare. That's the point, is you know, yeah, like Dave Trout would say, something like ninety four percent of it is shit. So I would go higher, but yeah, that's just yeah. me. So, um, in any well, case, this, this to me, I mean, to to, to your point, this to me it demonstrates. What my first creative director, the one that I learned the most from, um, Tom Jordan, now retired from um, Hoffman, York and Compton in Milwaukee, used to tell me and all the other creatives, draw the circle, but don't complete it. Trust the audience, which is a throwback to what David Ogilvy used to say. Never underestimate the intelligence of your audience. You do so at your peril. So it does require a bit of work. It might have required the the agency to do some persuasive talking to get the client to go with this. Maybe not, but I think the reward is worth the risk. Yeah. So if we were looking at the brief and we said, well, why are we advertising, you know, as a strategist, it, the story of Band-Aid, I think everybody kind of has it as one of those shorthands that we, we know there are product brand names that become synonymous with the product, regardless of the manufacturer, right? So uh, adhesive bandages is technically what these are, but everybody calls them Band-Aids, whether they buy the generic ones or the actual Johnson & Johnson Band-Aid brand one. So that's a a double-edged sword, right? When you so, become so synonymous with the product that everybody uses that name, even when they're not buying your actual brand. So it speaks to how big the brand is in people's minds, but also speaks to that now it's become a generic name for an adhesive bandage. So you could see why they would be wanting to differentiate, right? Like what makes the original Band-Aid brand better than the store brand or some generic uh, or other uh, knockoff brand of adhesive bandage so to me the why are we advertising is to create a desire for the actual uh band-aid brand as opposed to just the generic adhesive bandage category so this sets the cat try to set the category apart. I mean, I, I can't think of another brand just off the top of my head, a Band-Aid, even though I know there are others out there. Well, there's 
the generic drugstore brand. There's a, a, I know there's another brand that I can't remember right now. But that's my uh, point. I mean, even you're making my point for me. There, this could be a category ad, and they're trying to, to break through the category ad to say, "Remember our brand." Yes, and they're doing it. I, no pun intended, in a very big way. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I think people automatically, if we didn't have the box at the bottom, we would think Band Aid. But that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean we would buy Band Aid. Right. Right. So I think. This is really about re-differentiating or differentiating again the Band-Aid brand from its no-name and low-name competitors. Um, I mean, think about the think of what we were talking about recently when we were interviewing Sarah Walker Hall and discussing the Kiwi Brief. Kiwi is the the category owner of of shoe polish to this to the point where we can't name a competitor so you don't want to do a category ad you want to distinguish it for that brand this is the same challenge well i i i think that the difference with kiwi is it's a slightly higher priced uh uh item i think there are just frankly fewer competitors there's like there isn't mm-hmm. a generic shoe polish out there that you would get whereas band-aids are something that's disposable right it's just like you need it to do what it does which is cover the wound for a day or two and they get nasty and you got to change them every few hours or every day or whatever and so i think that they were where kiwi i think their problem was people were paying less and less attention to their shoes and therefore their entire category was going down and they were trying to grow the category here. The number of, the number of times you're going to use a bandaid isn't going to change over the course of the year because of the advertising, right? Like I'm not going to spur you to cut yourself so that you could use the product. So there's a, a bit well, of I don't a know, Henry. I've heard some stories about you, Henry. I'm not sure about that. So the, 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 the question here is how do we uh, get people to choose us? when they are in the market for a bandage for a bandage right for an adhesive bandage so um i think that here it's like trying to reinstill some differentiation and they're also by the way using through product innovation right so this isn't the standard band-aid this is the flexible fabric flavor of that of the band-aid brand and so i think it's using this innovation to differentiate itself from the other competitors that were out there that at the time didn't have that innovation. Well, one of the questions I get when I do my training and I haven't used this ad and I might start to use it because it is a clever ad and it provokes conversation. But one of the questions I would get for an ad like this, where it's done by a category leader is, yeah, but you could put any Band-Aid brand in that little lower right-hand corner and it would still, it would still work. Why, what makes this unique to the Band-Aid brand? Well, uh, uh, like I said, uh, number one, they are number one. So if I'm uh, brand X adhesive bandage and I do this, people are going to associate it with Band-Aid. So that's number one, unless I find a real way to differentiate myself. um, I, you know, that's going to happen. And then, Um, The other thing is, again, with these big package goods companies, what you ultimately have is you have a product, you introduce it, it gets successful, it gets copied. 
And then to stay ahead of the copycats, you have to introduce new SKUs, new variables, new variants of that product uh, with the promise. This is an old promise. You know, if we're talking about old advertising, it's like new and improved, right? The new and improvement here is that the fabric is flexible. And so the, the fabric being flexible provides uh, a series of benefits. Um, and here's one that we're never going to take advantage of because the reality is we're not going to become the Hulk, but we are going to get a cut on a joint, right? That we need yeah. it to be flexible. We are going to get a cut in a, in a place that moves around. And so the ideal would be for the Band-Aid to be able to be flexible. So I think that, that this is what we're seeing here. This is a, potentially, and I don't know the year of this, potentially a launch of this, specific variety of band-aid right okay number two who are we talking to one of the things i encounter when i do my training and i when i write about briefs is the tendency is to try to talk to everybody and the and the failure or the weakness of, of even making that attempt is that you end up talking to no one you have to talk to a very specific person a single person who can be representative or universal do you, do you agree with that thinking? And if so, how would you go about answering the question, who are we yeah. talking to here? I mean, I, I think, you know, without having worked in this category or this, you know, particular product, um, I just use my strategist thought process to say, okay, who buys Band-Aids? And the truth is probably the vast majority are moms. Moms, yep, I was just um, going to say. You know, the, the, they're responsible that one they're in the drugstore more frequently than dads Two, they're the, they have to take care of the kids and the dad. Right. So that they're, they're kind of like the, the healthcare CEO of the, of the household. And, uh, and they're also the ones that are tend to be in the retail channels where we would buy these uh, adhesive bandages. So, I think the category is moms. And then the question is, how do we want to romance that target description? You know, and maybe it is something like that. She's the chief medical officer of the family, uh, responsible for taking care of everybody's well-being. Um, she's in the drugstore uh, frequently, sometimes as many as times as twice a week, you know, picking up odds and ends, snacks, beauty items, and yes, health items and medication for herself and the whole family. Um, uh, she's uh, not necessarily interested in the things that her kid is interested in, but she knows what her kid is interested in, right? Which might be a, a starting to lead us toward how we might end up with like an incredible Hulk. Ad, well, I was right? going like, to ask that as kind of a devil's advocate. Why, why do you think that they would, that they, the client or the agency might think that it'd be incredible Hulk because I, th I I agree with you 100. This is to, this is to moms, but why do you think the agency and or the the uh, client would connect or see that the Incredible Hulk would resonate with moms? I I have my own answer for it, but I want to hear what you have to say. So my answer is, I think she has to recognize it, and I don't think you have to be a fan of comic books or. TV, you know, 70s, 80s TV shows or the, you know, the comic book superhero movies that are out now to know that the Hulk exists, right? And to kind of know 
what the story is there. So it's in the popular culture. And on top of that, I think a mom would not listen. I hate superhero comic book movies. I, I this is like a personal pet peeve of mine. I think it's the infantilization of American adults, particularly men. Um, I, I think it's also a sign, bad sign for Hollywood that they can't come up with something that wasn't created 75 years ago in a comic book and just keep rehashing it and doing sequels. So I hate this 100% stuff. agreement, but, 100% agreement. But unfortunately, <laughs> my daughter loves this stuff. So that's my curse. That's how God decided to curse me, is that my <laughs> daughter, not my son, my daughter, loves Marvel comic book things she loves. She tells me what's DC, what's Marvel, and this one and the Flash. And and and, and I sit there, she's telling me like and you know, she's at an age where she, she gets going and you can't stop her. And I and I tell her, I said, you know that I don't like this stuff, right? And she she laughs and she keeps telling me about it. So I think a mom would recognize this through her child and see it through the child's eyes. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent I guess I would add to that by saying moms recognize especially adult males for for the babies that we really are. You know, we, we scratch our toe and all of a sudden we're incapacitated. You know, we, we, we get a cold, you know, and we turn into big old babies. So I think what you said combined with that recognition, I think makes this work brilliantly. So we know it's moms. Okay. So our shift, what do they think now? What do they, well, let's just assume this. What do moms think now about Band-Aids or the category of Band-Aids? And then we'll go to what do we want them to think after seeing this? So how would you start that? What do they think so, now? To me, this is the simplest, the easiest part of the brief. If you interviewed 100 women, a majority of them would say all Band-Aids are the same. That's yeah. what they think now. And by the way, I would specifically use Band-Aid without the copyright, trademark, whatever, because they're thinking of it as generic Band-Aid. Yeah. Right. So it's all band-aids are the same. I don't agree. I, I mean, I don't disagree. That's absolutely it. They're all the same. They haven't thought about it at all. And that's a danger for the brand. So let's try what we, what we want them to think. Is it just, oh, they're not all the same. Is so it as simple as that? I, I What I would want them to come out of the ad is with some sort of recognition that about real band-aids uh so I, i'm i'm workshopping it in my mind as as worth it but it would be something like real band-aids are worth it yeah meaning now i'm not talking about band-aids generically i'm talking about the johnson and johnson band-aid brand is worth it so if it costs 50 cents more for the box or 79 cents more for the box, I'm going to do it because it's worth it. I agree. I, I, I wouldn't add a word to that. What do you think the single minor proposition is? That's a tough one. Um, it is. Without getting salesy, right? Because you could very easily fall into the trap of new Band-Aid brand, flexible uh, fabric, uh, adhesive bandages, blah, 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 some promise. And um, I think we'd want something pithy. Um, 
um, you know, and something that would lead them to that idea of real band-aids. Um, so I don't know. Uh, something like real band-aids for your real life for your real life. Okay. Right? Real, real band-aids for your real life. And then the interesting thing about that, by the way, is if you put that in there as real band-aids for your real life, and again, this is off the top of my head. I haven't sat down and, and really thought about this. But if you if you did something like that, look at the ad. The ad isn't about real life, right? It, this is this is a fictional. But there's an implication here of in this fictional world, this band aid. Look at what it does because it's flexible. This is actually really practical in your real life, right? This is. By putting it in this superhero world where it performs in your real life where you need it to just because it's on the join or whatever, it's going to work. So I, I kind of like that, that a creative would subversively take it out of the real world into a fake world that makes the real world more real, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, we have the benefit of seeing the result. And so we can kind of, that's what we call it a reverse engineering exercise, which makes our job a little bit easier because we don't have to do the work to come up with the idea. But as a creative looking at this, I want to have a little fun with it because I'm trying to be inspired. I want to kick the butts of the creatives to do this. So my 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 first, without even thinking, my first thought was real Band-Aids are not a stretch. Yeah. Good. Or I don't are, know. Or, or, or are a stretch. Yeah, you could you could do the the negative or the positive. And Real band aids, they're a stretch, and it, it mean both. It's you're gonna stretch a little more money, but it's because they stretch that you're gonna wanna. There are a lot of gonna, levels. There are a lot of levels you can yeah. you can. Is yeah. it worth the stretch for a few more pennies to get to get a really good band aid? Yeah, it is. Band aids are worth the stretch. Yeah, yeah. So there are some iterations. Are worth the stretch. That's a good single minded headliney proposition. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. See when we court, we collaborate here, Henry. It's we come up with something 100%. even better. <laughs> that's why. That's why creative teams usually come in pairs. Absolutely, that's what I've been advocating for for years. For years. Okay. Okay. We wrote a brief. I think it's. I think we've got to start. But what we'll do is, um, I've been taking notes for those. I don't think I've been on screen. You can see me doing it. But I'm taking notes, and we're gonna polish this, and we'll include this with our final discussion about it. And we've got ourselves a brief. Good stuff, Henry. Good stuff, Howard. He's Henry Gomez. And he's Howard Ibach. And together we're the Brief Brothers. Till next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.